So a very popular kind of video on YouTube are what they, what are known as fail videos. You know, videos of people, especially downhill mountain biking. There's um, a lot of downhill mountain biking fail videos because it's so easy to fail when going downhill at high speed on a bike with trees all around you. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, so lots of videos of, of all sorts of fails involving skateboards and um, maybe handrails going down steps again what could possibly go wrong and um, you know swimming pools and people diving into them and missing the pool or missing all sorts of horrendous things but it's, it's, it's going to be very entertaining um, hopefully nobody was really harmed in any of those incidences but it's very interesting to see what I find interesting about some of those fail videos not that I watch them often but uh, <laughs> what I find interesting about them is every now and again or quite often, uh, a lot of the, the fail videos that involve DIY, right, might have a guy who gets a ladder and a ladder and put, makes a big H out of it with, a, with another ladder. So ties a ladder this way with cable ties. And, you know, to paint uh, maybe over a conservatory or something. You know what I mean? A difficult part. So he builds a big H with cable ties. And, and then he's, you know, walking. And then you, can, you, can, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> But what I find really interesting about a lot of these, about a lot of these fail videos is some of the t- times the age of the people failing, right? The age of the people making the mistakes. That, okay, if it's skateboarding or downhill mountain biking, that's going to be young people, generally. Uh, but a lot of the, the kind of the DIY, the chainsaw fails, for example, you know, where you've got the trunk, tree trunk, right? The branch coming out, and I put the ladder up against the branch, and I cut on this side. Is anybody getting the problem here? The tree is there. The branch is coming this way. My ladder is here. And I cut on this side of the ladder. Okay, the, the, the ladder is going to fall if people didn't realize that. Okay, okay, it's cut on the outside, right? So, uh, so, but often you see the age, the age of the people doing these things. And what strikes me is, is again, something I would have always thought in my youth, that once you got to a certain age, once you kind of were over your probably 30s, uh, by then, you know, you'd learned pretty much everything there was to learn. You had everything together. You know, you had your house and wife and career and a uh, bit of economic stability. And, you know, everything was kind of sorted. So then you just kind of cruise home. You know, but there's not a whole pile left to learn. It's probably true in every walk of life. But it is most definitely true in the spiritual life that the further we go on the more we realize the more we become aware of our own ignorance the more we become aware of our own need for God and it often astounds me I'm often surprised and it's a good thing I'm often surprised at my own need for God and the, the longer I go on in my priesthood, the more I realize my need for God. And that's, that's, a, that's a really, I think that's a, that's, this isn't an indirect boast either, but this is, this is a really healthy thing. It's really healthy for us to recognize that our need for God is constant. Our need for God is in every aspect of our lives, not just the holy things, not just the Sunday things, not just the, what's my vocation, he gives me my answer, I get the answer and I get on with my life. That, that's not it. The, the, I think the more we, we, we walk with it or the more we realize our absolute need for him.
our absolute need for him. And that's, that's a really good thing. That's a really good thing. Again, I see it's, it's, it's so important to kind of see these things from God's perspective or to keep in mind kind of the eschatological dimension of our lives, which means like after we die, where do we go? After we die, we hope to go to heaven where God is our all in all, where God is our everything. So we're trying to learn that here so that I'm ready for heaven. So learning here that I need God for everything prepares me for heaven where God is my everything. Whereas if I learn here that I've got pretty much everything kind of sorted myself, that's not preparing me for heaven. In fact, if anything, it could lead me down a, a, a path of, of pride. I don't really need you, Lord. I'll let you know if I do. Then you can come serve me. And then when I'm done with you, you can go back up to your little heavenly box and I'll let you out whenever I need you. Mm, that's not preparing your heart for heaven. And even though it looks, on the surface, it looks kind of good. I will pray to you when I need you. That looks it's worse than saying, God, I don't believe in you. It's, sorry. it's better than saying, I don't believe in you, God. So it, it, there is a belief in God there. But it's a belief that actually leads to a use of God rather than a love of God. Rather than like a need for God. Rather than like a daily walk with the Lord. So our need, our need, which can often mean our our sadness, our brokenness, our wounds, our past, whatever, our illness, whatever shape or form it may take, uh, our need for God can teach us the greatest lesson. You know, that, that, that with, without him, I'm nothing. That I need him absolutely and in everything and always. And if and when we, we, we live that reality, we begin to realize that it's not all on me. It's not all on me. It doesn't all depend on me. It depends on him. And so it, it frees me. It actually makes me happier, not the opposite. I'm just walking with someone at the moment, and I guess I, I was praying about their situation, and I recognized something uh, it just became really clear to me. It was just, I guess I had a, like, like a vision of their, of their heart and what's going on in their heart. And in their heart what I saw was, was a huge desire, a great desire, uh, a, a, an all-encompassing desire to control everything around them. Because they are convinced that if they can control things around them, they'll be happier. They got hurt when they were young. So if they can control things, if they can control friendships, if they can control relationships, if they can control uh, their own finances, if they can control everything, they, they have believed this lie that control will give them happiness. Control will bring them happiness. Well, it's not working. It hasn't worked. And it never will work. Because it's not, it's, that's not the truth. Control isn't what brings happiness. That's, I mean, any... Dictator, that's kind of what they aimed for as well. You know, control even a whole country. Does it make them happy? It makes them somewhat powerful for a short period of history. But does it, make, does it bring happiness? It's not control that brings happiness. It's learning, actually, to give that control to the Lord. It's trust that brings happiness. It's trust. If I can say, Lord, I, I trust you, so I don't have to control these friendships or these people or this situation. 
I trust you. I give it to you. That's what brings happiness. Because you think of Our Lady, like who, who was so, would have been so hurt, probably quite often, uh, living in a world that was so sinful when her heart was so pure. And to be surrounded then by, by such sinfulness and, you know, not just swearing or bad language, but just the way people would speak, uh, the, the dishonesty, the, the, the hypocrisy. She saw that too. Then, of course, in Jesus' public ministry, those who loved him and those who loathed him. And she would have heard that, the feedback, that people hate your son. They hate Jesus. They see him work a miracle and they cast him out of their town. Not the opposite. When, 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 or for example, when Jesus raises Lazarus, the scribes and Pharisees see this and afterwards they set about plotting a way to kill him. They see a miracle and rather than thinking, wow, this guy might be something, this might be the Messiah. Is it? Possibly? I don't know. Let's look. Let's see. Let's, let's look into it. No, he worked a miracle. He raised someone from the dead. Let's kill him. You know, you imagine these, Our Lady, then these, these various blows on her heart, but she did not close it. She didn't close her heart despite the cross. That's our maybe temptation or reaction, you know. In order to control things, shut down your heart, give the, uh, the impression of a facade of control, of everything together, everything looks good. But inside, is fear. And that reaction is motivated by fear. Controlling everything around you is, I do not want to get hurt again. I'm afraid of getting hurt again. So the motivation is fear. And that's what resides in the heart then. Even though it looks like control, it's not control. So the more we we walk with the Lord, it's just so healthy for us to recognize over and over again our need for him. And to actually rest in that and accept that and almost revel, enjoy it. Just like a little child doesn't feel stupid or doesn't feel uh, inferior or doesn't feel, what's the word, Um, weak just because they need their mom or dad. You know, daddy, I can't reach the top shelf where the biscuits are. Can you lift me up? And he gets his biscuit and he's pure delighted with himself. Little fart had to ask for, for, for a lift because he can't even reach the top shelf. What's wrong with you? Just because you're three foot nothing, like, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, but he doesn't mind asking because he knows that'll take care of him. That's so, so should we be. That we live in this relationship of, of, of loving trust of the Lord. And then it's not all on us. And we can enjoy the fact that, yeah, I need to ask him for help all the time. I need to ask him for advice. I need to ask him for consolation. I need to ask him for healing. And I love it. I love living like that. I love living from him. He gives us our daily bread. Daily. So we ask the Lord today to to give us a healthy understanding of our need for him. That we can draw everything from him. That we can experience true happiness. Amen.